everyone. I'm Suzanne Martin. And I'm Lindsay Knuckles. And welcome to the Find and Follow podcast. Our goal is to help you engage your faith outside of Sundays. So this week, we are in the middle of our series, This Passage Changed My Life. Mm -hmm. And we are hosting with us today, Lindsay Lindak. Mm -hmm. um, Lindsay, tell us who you are and who what you do at New City. So thanks for having me, ladies. Yes, we're glad um, you're here. I am the middle grades coordinator here at New City. And um, I love it because I get to hang out with a bunch of middle schoolers and engage with their it. families. So fun, so much energy. We're so glad you have that energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my husband, Zach, and I have four kiddos. Um, Ike is 10, Knox is nine, Mia is six, and then our little one is three. Well, Lindsay, <laughs> we would love to hear too, what is the passage that has changed your life? That's an easy answer for mm. me. It's Isaiah 117 and for multiple reasons. So it's just a verse, um, but I can go ahead and read it for you. So um, the book of Isaiah is written by the prophet Isaiah, and it's kind of in, in, in two pieces. It's a series of kind of warnings of um, the some of the habits that people have developed that can be damaging and destructive, but then also advice for um, new habits that can be developed especially because of the hope in Jesus. And so Isaiah 117 reads, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. That's and good. that is the passage that changed That's my life. So good. I love that. I love that. Well, tell the, I would love to hear how and why it changed your life. So, um, I would love to tell that story. Mm -hmm. So it started about seven or eight years ago. I was in a Bible study. I was in a small group here at New City and we were a brand new family. Um, at that point, Zach and I only had mm -hmm. Ike and Knox and Ike was only two or three mm -hmm. and Knox was a baby. And part of what we did as a Bible study, we were all young moms in this study, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty cool because we we're all in a similar season of life. And part of what we did was we went through a couple of different um, studies, which were about just establishing your your family and rooting your family in Jesus and having regular faith practices yep. in your daily life. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. yep. And so one of the things that we had to do in uh, one of the weeks was we had to pick two rules for our house, like two rules that would kind of govern our house and then a scripture that would that would be our, our, our family verse or our family scripture. And my husband and I um, picked, the two rules we picked were be compassionate and have integrity. We're both, I'm a former mm -hmm. educator, my husband's an educator, and so we're big on just really, you know, really caring for others and having integrity. But, um, and then the verse we picked was Isaiah 117. And so that's how it started. And mm -hmm. so we talk a, a lot to our kids um, about just, what it looks like to do the right thing, what it looks like to make the right choice, but also we said, we always say, if you learn anything from us, it's to stand up for those people mm -hmm. who might not be able to stand up for themselves. Um, and it might be due to different sets of circumstances. And so we picked this verse because we thought mm -hmm. that this verse really summarized how to jump in and really how to, um, like it says, defend the fatherless and stand up for those who are experiencing mm -hmm. oppression. You read it multiple times. Like oh, this yeah. became your family verse. Yeah. So so what was the impact as you went along? So um, I, I love the verbs in this verse. I was an English teacher, so I'm kind of a nerd when it comes Perfect. to that. I love it. But I love that all the verbs 
verbs are action uh, action rooted, and mm. so I got uh, really excited about that. And so we talked to the kids about what it looks like. It's one thing if you say you love Jesus. It's one thing that you say you love other people, but what are you going to do about it? I say to the middle schoolers all the time, it's great that you love Jesus. What do you do with that faith in Jesus? And so I loved the nature of this verse. And so um, we really talked to our kids a lot about it. And at the time, um, Zach didn't really know this, but I was wrestling with, I just felt like God was um, wanting me to be at least curious about foster care. Um, when I was a teacher, I started teaching in Title I schools here in Charlotte, and I taught a lot of kids who were involved with the foster care system. Either um, they had grown up in the system or they were still in the system, and I didn't really know a lot about it, and I could really feel God nudging me to at least grow curious. And so uh, long story short, I grew more than curious and felt him saying, you need to do this. <laughs> You need to be a foster mom. You need to be foster parents. And when I originally told Zach about it, he was like, you've lost your mind. Um, because when I told him about it, I was pregnant mm -hmm. with our third child. Um, and he was like, have you looked at yourself? You want to... You're a little bit expecting childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Taking more children. And, you know, I remember saying to him, like, we don't know how to do a lot, <laughs> but we're two educators mm -hmm. and now we have children of our own and um, we, we know how to take care of children and we know how impactful home and a healthy family can be on the life of a child. Mm -hmm. And um, remember our family verse. So that worked well. That's um, good. Yeah. <laughs> there was no conflict kinda, in your house no, at that moment. It yeah. kind of became mm -hmm. our family battle cry. We, mm -hmm. I mean, it became like we again I, I keep preaching to the kids like do something with your faith and now mm -hmm. we were at this spot where we could do something with our faith and the something was like right there in the scripture yeah. um, so we um, became foster mm -hmm. parents and we have been at it now for almost five mm -hmm. years it'll be five years in January which is kind of shocking yeah. even when I say that I'm like five years we've been doing this yeah. um, it is the most beautiful <laughs> but challenging thing I've ever done in my mm -hmm. life um, but um, we have recently entered a new venture hmm. and um, this was another nudge that I got from God about a year and a half ago um, where you know I, I know a lot about foster care at this point there's so much still to learn but I know a lot about it and we fostered um, five children at this point and we have um, one with us currently who's been who's been with us long term and um, about a year and a half ago I kept getting calls for more children um, hmm. and at that point the Department of Social Services already knew we were full. We didn't right. legally don't have, have another space. place, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But they kept calling me and kept calling me. And I was like, and I said to Zach, I was like, I wonder where the kids are when they're making these calls. And he was like, uh, I don't know. And so I asked our family mm -hmm. support coordinator, I said, when you're making these calls for these kids, where are the kids? And she said, they're here at the office. And I was like, hmm. the DSS office? And she was like, yeah, that's the... There's mm -hmm. nowhere for them to come. go mm -hmm. until they have permanent placement in a home like yours. And I thought, well, that that mm -hmm. can't be. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wrestled with that for mm -hmm. a while and kind of angry prayed to God and said, well, it, there's got to be a better way. And he said, well, let, let's make it. Mm -hmm. So you're the better uh, way. Yeah, well, yeah. And so I had talked to a, a, another foster mom, a friend of mine, and she had made the same discovery around the same time. And so we started praying about it and doing research about it. Like, how can we have a home for these children to come to that are in waiting mm -hmm. between 
their removal from their biological families and placement with a foster family like ours. And we came across mm. an organization that was called the Isaiah 117 House. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> stop for a second. The verse that has become your family verse, that yeah. has been your verse for yeah. like mm. five years at that point maybe, um, is now there's an organization with the same verse? Mm. Yes, and so I really say that this this scripture has changed my life for many reasons, but it has really been like a direction. It makes me get a little teary. It gives, it's become a direction mm -hmm. for our family. Mm -hmm. And so when I discovered, when we discovered this organization, I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus, that's clearly you. Like it was yeah. like, a, it was, mm -hmm. it was a total God thing. And mm -hmm. so we applied and reached out to the organization to open up one of these homes in South Carolina, where we live. We live in um, York County and we're in the process of building one. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. it's an organization that provides a home for children while they wait for foster placement. Okay. It also comes along the caseworkers and lightens their mm -hmm. load so they don't have to take care of the children while finding placement. And it eases the transition mm -hmm. for foster families like mine who say yes to these kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so they'll have a home to wait in where they can be lavishly loved upon on what's probably yeah. their worst day of their lives mm -hmm. where they're sitting there in all that uncertainty yeah. Yeah. Um, and the shock and mm -hmm. the of right it. Mm -hmm. and so there's homes that are spreading across the nation it's an organization that started Amazing. five years ago in Tennessee mm -hmm. and um, the 17th home just opened in Lynchburg wow. Virginia last wow. Sunday and there are I think 50 homes in process okay. and we are one of them that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Pretty awesome. Yes. Pretty awesome. Awesome. yes. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks with you us. guys for asking. Yeah. Well, it seems like this verse, not a coincidence at all that that no, organization was I don't named believe that. In coincidence. Yeah. No. But I love that this verse, you, it became your battle cry is yeah. kind of how you said that yeah. for your family. And it just kind of permeated throughout yeah. this journey and this calling. Like what did the verse like bring on new meaning or new significance? Like the second, fifth, hundredth time you read it mm. where you're like, Ooh, this, you know what I mean? Like, did That's it a change? good question. Yeah. So I think it originally, like if you pick apart the verse, mm -hmm. like the learn to do good is like, okay, you, how many times do we say that to our children? Make the right choice. Make, yeah. right, make a good choice. Are these good choices, right? Mm -hmm. So it started off kind of elementary like that, if you will. Um, but we've now my husband and I have really gotten, and, and then obviously then, then we got into that, well, we need to defend the cause of orphans and fight for the rights of widows. And, I, and we interpret that as just these, these families that have experienced brokenness for whatever reason we need to step in and fill that gap as foster parents but now our plight is um I mean, we are 100% dedicated to our family first and to the child who's currently in our care. But now we, we've we said, well, we've got to get into the other pieces. We've mm -hmm. got to seek justice mm -hmm. and we've got to stand in for the oppressed on a bigger scale. Okay. So right now this children being in the DSS office is a gap in the system. And in foster care, there's many gaps, but yeah. this is a gap that we can step into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not just as a family, we can, mm -hmm. we can really enliven the community mm -hmm. to step in with us and to stand up against this oppression yeah, and great. injustice. Yeah, so how have, you, how have you done that? So um, it's, it took a lot of prayer uh, at the beginning and a lot of, are you sure, God, mm. you sure? Um, but really, it's been amazing how just God has lined up people in my life, um, like my friend Christy, who is doing this with me. We're considered the expansion coordinators for the Isaiah 117 house in York County. But it's really just yeah. been sharing with people 
yeah. like in a, in, in a venue like this or just in a conversation, yeah. what foster care means, mm. um, what these kids need and how they're really not the responsibility of the state. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. the responsibility of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are called as mm-hmm. God's people to to really take up for and to stand up for those that are uh, who are most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I really can't think of a population more vulnerable than children who aren't safe in their homes. Right. Yeah. So it's really been a community mm-hmm. endeavor. Mm-hmm. To and we say this isn't the Isaiah 117 house. This isn't the, um, the house for this organization. This isn't even a house for just foster children. This is a house for the community to stand in and live this out, Mm -hmm. um, and and live out. Let's put these most vulnerable people who are doing the, and then Mm -hmm. caseworkers and families doing really hard work. Let's put them at the forefront and let's rally around them together. Yeah, that's really great. It's been cool. How has your life and maybe Zach's life too um, changed or is different as a result of this scripture, but also as a result of kind of this calling to be foster parents in every way, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) How do I answer that? How long do you have? Um, There's so so much. Um, I mean, it's transformed it. I mean, like our life has, you know, Mm -hmm. you get so wrapped up in what you've got going on in your home and in your nuclear family. And it just turns your gaze outwards. Right. You, I mean, it just does, because when you look at some of the stories that these children have endured and you look at some of the families and the hardships that they're up against, mm-hmm. it is jaw dropping, yeah. really, and gut wrenching mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes you think like. Mm-hmm we got to get in and help. Mm-hmm. We got to get in and do something like it's not about me. And it's not about like what I've just got going on here. There is so much going on out there yeah. and so many opportunities that God calls us into. We just got to say yes. Yeah. Amen. So for you guys, really and as you has walked in this passage mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. several years, it's now. been like six or seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking, um, if you're list- just listening to this, she's gotten teary, I think mm-hmm. at least three times, <laughs> maybe four times now, <laughs> because this is a passion oh, for you guys. Yeah. Mm. I talk about foster care every day <laughs> um, because we are in the thick of it um, as as parents, as a family, and now as an as an organization and what we're doing. Um, it makes me cry every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zach's like, you got to keep it together at some point, babe. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not today. Not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not today. But I think it's the passion that's behind it. Oh my it, gosh, that, 100%. Right. And because we have, you know, I, I talked a lot to the community. We were just coming off of mm-hmm. a, a big awareness um, event that we did, a lemonade stand challenge that we did to mm-hmm. raise awareness, raise funds. Um, but I said to um, my best friend the other day, I said, we were in the kitchen with my, with mm-hmm. my son. And I said, this is why we do it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this face, <laughs> this life, yeah. this body mm-hmm. is why we do it. Like Amen. he has done nothing wrong. This mm-hmm. is just what his life and his journey is. Mm-hmm. And this is why we do what we do. I mean, every dollar, every hour, every conversation, yeah. it's for this face yeah. mm-hmm. and for the faces who are coming from these hard places who need us to intercede on their behalf. Yeah. Well, it's inspiring lens just to hear you talk about it. Cause I think, I mean, this is what it means to follow Jesus is to mm-hmm. live a bigger story, right? Mm-hmm. And to live for yeah. something like other than yourself, you know, your yeah. life's not about yourself. And this is, you're, you know, communicating the hope of the gospel um, to, to people who are vulnerable. It's just oh, inspiring you. to hear, you know, and um, I know it's been flawed and, and oh, imperfect and very messy, very disastrous. Yeah. Lots of moments where I go, are we sure? 
Yeah. I mean, I have one of those probably every day mm -hmm. <laughs> or more. Um, and my husband is a rock star. <laughs> He's mm -hmm. like, I would say I married up. He's like, he didn't really feel this nudge. Um, but then when we, when we talked about it and the thicker we got into it and became aware of just how great the need is, he's just been a rock star and is taking this thing yeah. hold with me. So it's yeah. been well, great. We're, we're big fans of Zach as well. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yes. he's, he's great. Shout we, out to Zach. We love him. And <laughs> we also are just so blessed with a community of people here mm -hmm. at New City, in our community in Fort Mill, in, in our neighborhood with just so many people. Um, you know, our, our, our slogan, if you will, at um, Isaiah 117 is love, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And we have felt that in our bones since we started this journey. We found out about foster care here at this church. That's how we got started. So we have just felt so supported. I mean, like uh, uh, regularly, I have to say, hey, I need help. <laughs> it might be that I need somebody to pick up a kid. Yeah. It might need to be that they come and babysit my kids so I can go to the DSS office for something. Or it might be that I, I need a meal because, oh, my gosh, like my son said to me this morning, Ma, there's like nothing for breakfast. And I was like, yeah, whoops, forgot the grocery store this week. So sorry. There's like, I think, a can of some cereal or some something in the pantry. I don't know if it's fresh, but just try it. Yeah. But I can call on people for that help. Right. The community has it, that you, God has placed you guys in oh. and surrounded you with mm. has made an impact and joined you with us. It's mm. the only it's way good. we could do what we do. Mm. And it's not, we're just a small piece of what's being done for the foster care community. I, um, I have to say, like, one of the things that I've always prayed with my boys is mm. that they would um, care for widows and orphans. Like, yes. that's from the beginning of time, and we've seen that flesh out in different ways. Not to this level, but I love the calling that God has put on the Lindak family and placed with you and Zach to not just love the kids that he places in your home, but to make an impact and a larger impact in the community mm. for the kids, mm. because this is what... He, Jesus called us to right is the love one another it, it goes deeper than just providing a meal it's that when your home is open when your heart is engaged and we've truly seen that um, as we sit here with you today and, and hear the story that God is writing for you guys um, and it's beautiful thank you um, so I have a, one more question as we begin to step away from this today what would what what do you want to say to people what do you want people to get from this passage for them this is your calling but what would you say is the impact for people other people I think there's injustice everywhere <laughs> our everywhere and our something that we can do is foster care but there's oppression there's injustice everywhere um, whether it's how people are treated at a certain business or how they're treated at a certain restaurant or whether it's the kid at the, the lunch table who doesn't have a space to sit or whether it's on the ball field, you know, there's shouts of things that shouldn't necessarily be. There's injustice and oppression everywhere. My thing is, let's step into that. Amen. <laughs> And we can do it in a way that's kind and gentle and all the things that God calls us to. But let's not turn away from that. Let's lean into that and, and grow curious about it and then do something about it. Um, and that might look like just a kid saying, you know what, guys, I'm going to invite him to sit with us today. Hey, you want to come over here and sit? Or you, the cashier that, that somebody was rude to ahead of you saying to her, 
hey, how are you today? Mm-hmm. You know, or I mean, just something where you recognize that's not right. Mm. Let me find out why. And let me step in and just show Amen. people what mm-hmm. it looks like to live justly mm-hmm. and to live in a way that values people regardless of the details of their story. That's good. That's good, Lens. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that is what you just said is something that no matter how old you are. Yeah, it is for all of us. And uh, and that could be something like, I mean, just little things that you encourage even your little ones to do. I talk to my middle schoolers about this all the time. I We talked just a couple weeks ago about the, the categories that sometimes we exist in in this world and how they don't go away mm. and we can't expect them to go away. But boy, could you step over that line and blur it a little bit. <gasps> Dare to do it, you know, mm-hmm. or it might be my saying to my three year old. Hey, your friend over there is upset. Why don't you go figure out why? You know, just little things that you could do. Like you said, Suzanne, it could be like uh, applicable to a, a two or three year old, app- applicable to a 92 year old. Like it's, it, it's good. you know, mm-hmm. the, it's the truth and it's how we love one another. Sure. And it, it, it goes across all ages and all stages. And I think it's the idea of, you know, we're called first to love. That is number one in our book as Christ followers. And that means everyone. Not just the people who are like you, not just the people who make you comfortable, not just the people who, uh, you know, you have walked the same journey as Mm. everyone. It's the title of one of my favorite Bob Goff books called Everybody Always. Everybody Always. Mm -hmm. I love that one. Mm -hmm. It's like, who do I love and for how long? And the answer Uh is everybody always. Always. Everybody always. And sometimes that's really hard. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But possible. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Lindsay, will, um, as we close, will you pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. God, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk with my friends today. I'm just so grateful for Suzanne and Lindsay and just they're bringing this, uh, this message to so many people. I'm just so grateful for that. And Lord, I, I ask you to remind us that we're called to find you, but also to follow you. And I ask you to challenge us as we move forward in these next couple of weeks to look for places in our world that are just not right, that are just unjust, that they There are people who are experiencing hardship, trauma, whatever that oppression looks like. I just ask you to challenge us to see it first and then to grow curious about what our role might be in that and then to do something about it. And I'm just so grateful that um, that we can do this together, that we can journey through this together. And I'm so grateful for the support that we have been given as a family and as a community um, to do that. And um, I'm just grateful for this time that we've had together today. Mm-hmm. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for joining us. Listen to us where you find your podcast. Until next time. Mm-hmm.